Well, good day to you, my friend, and welcome to the Star City Podcast, where you can always listen in and learn about new things as people just like you and me take time to share their stories about life, family, work, and faith. I'm your host, Brian Smith, and today we have my friends Bill and Sarah Kohler, and they will be talking to us about their experiences and understandings about the people, the culture, and the work of God's church in the small but very significant nation of Taiwan. Bill and Sarah, welcome to both of you, and thank you for being here with us today on the Star City Podcast. Thank you very much, Brian. We appreciate you having us here to be able to talk to about our second home. It is great to have both of you here. Well, Bill and Sarah, we're talking about, as you said, a place that you consider to be your second home. It's a place and a people that have a very special place in your heart, the country of Taiwan. How many times have you traveled to Taiwan? Uh, Brian, um, in 1972, I went there a number of times as a tourist from Okinawa. And uh, in 2005, Sarah and I went to teach for three years at an international Christian school. And ever since then, in 2008, when we left, we've been back... um, one, two months at a time, uh, uh, give or take uh, every year except maybe two. Wow. It really is your second home, isn't it? It is. It was a great time for discipling and mentoring and just fellowshipping and touring. Taiwan has a lot to see and do. Yes, I've seen a few of your pictures, and it looks like it's a very beautiful land. Now, for the benefit of our listeners, let's give a brief history about this special place. Taiwan is an island nation about the size of Maryland. And its official name is the Republic of China. And Taiwan is located south of Japan, east of mainland China, and north of the Philippines. It's home for more than 23 million people and was the place where in 1949, with the fall of China to the communists, President Chiang Kai-shek and the government of the Republic of China fled to Taiwan. Then with the help of American aid, Taiwan's economy stabilized and it began moving toward becoming the prosperous nation that it still is today. Now, Bill and Sarah, can you both describe for us in your own words what Taiwan is like here in this modern era, in this time, 2021? Are there any places here in America, by the way, that might remind you of Taiwan? Because you've traveled extensively, not just to Taiwan. Well, you know, we love that expression here in Virginia, Virginia's for lovers. Well, I think it could apply to Taiwan also, as we have coastal and rural and historic and so forth. Taiwan is beautiful coastline, gorgeous mountains, rural, quaint little villages and homes, and big cities with all the modern glitz and glamour that we have here. So there's a lot of similarity. Taiwan is uniquely Asian. And in that light, it has an entirely sort of different feel and culture. Um, You can go shop high end and you want in, in large department stores, beautiful grocery stores and things like that. But you can also go shopping in street markets that are no wider than an alley where hawkers are selling their wares <laughs> and uh, you have open food stalls. And uniquely, one of the things is uh, something called stinky tofu, and uh, that can permeate the Did whole market. Did you say market stinky area. tofu? Yeah, that's exactly what it's called in Chinese, stinky tofu. So you can smell it a little ways away then. Yes, you know when you know when you're. Uh, well, now I've got to ask the question: Have you eaten stinky tofu? Yes, we've tried it. <laughs> we've tried it, but it's not become one of your favorites. I take it. 
it, it, it smells worse than it tastes. But <laughs> okay. I mean, uh, sounds like some things I've cooked before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of news about the rising tensions between communist China and Taiwan. And Communist leader Xi Jinping has made it clear that he considers Taiwan a part of China and he intends to bring the nation under the domination of communist China. Uh, having been there so many times, how much of a concern is this for the average Taiwanese person, would you say? And, and do they expect America to defend them, even if it means war between the U.S. and China? Yes, I, it's difficult um, when we're there, we we don't talk politics and things, so we have to pick up uh, information kind of secondhand. Uh, most people want to be Taiwanese. They desire to be their own country. They can come and go. They have their own passports. Um, they have gone through uh, a time of a police state uh, when Chiang Kai-shek first came, but for the most part, the Taiwanese are, are uh, enjoy traveling and under the communist guidance, they definitely would be curtailed on that front. Um, it would be to our advantage to defend them. Uh, they do have their own self-defense forces. And uh, as old as some of their equipment might be, they are purchasing some new new equipment. Now, I imagine some of the people in Taiwan have family members that are still over in mainland China. Yes, that's they? right. Uh, which, which leads me to the next question. Uh, what are the people of Taiwan like? It sounds like there's more than just uh, the displaced Chinese who fled communist China. Absolutely. They are very much their own people, as has been said. And those people are, in our opinion, our experience, extremely friendly. They want to learn their, their education is very important to them, and they really want to learn English, which has not been as um, uh, up in front and center as other parts of their, their education, but that's growing. It's very much a way of reaching out to the, China, the uh, Taiwanese people, and along with being very friendly and um, up and coming, there's also a side of great fear. And we'll probably mention that a little later in connection with their their religious practices. They're very superstitious for the most part. And that um, colors a lot of their daily life, uh, their um, practices of religion, their at-home um, ancestor worship is still a big thing. Uh, here in the in the U.S., we don't think too much about idol worship, but it's strong in Taiwan. But overall, we love their expression, Taiwan touches your heart. Mm. And that is so true. We, As we've said, it's a second home to us. And uh, right now, it's very hard not to be able to go without having that awful monster of two weeks of solitary confinement quarantine. So we're anxious to get back. We have a lot of great friends there and uh, just uh, love. And we've enjoyed getting to know some Taiwanese people here in the U.S. Yes. So um, we can find Taiwan 
uh, on our doorstep if we'd only open our eyes and ears. That's right. And the Lord gave you and Bill that opportunity uh, not long ago, right, right here in Roanoke. Well, the capital city of Taiwan is Taipei. And when you're in Taipei, and I've looked at some of the pictures on the web of the city. Never, I've never been there. But uh, do you get a sense that the culture is highly Americanized, uh, maybe because of our two countries' longstanding relationship? Or, or does it feel more like uh, mainland China? How would you describe the capital city of the country? Um, we, we're very proud of our New York City with their high-rise buildings. Um, and I could just say it this way. We've had our Taiwan friends come to Roanoke and we take them up to Mill Mountain. They look out and they see our two tall buildings out there and they, <laughs> and they laugh. Uh, really, uh, Taiwan, Taipei is a monster city of 30, uh, 40, 50 tor- uh, story tall buildings. Wow. And, and uh, down below in the bottom level, you have uh, shops and then entirely apartment buildings up above. Um, Taipei at one time had the world's tallest building in Taipei 101, um, but it's a, a mega metropolis. Mm. Uh, it, it covers a lot of northern Taiwan. So you have beautiful rural places, uh, coastline and mountains and jungle, and then at the same time you have some of the most modern cities in the world. Yes. Construction design. With high-speed rails and every, all underground uh uh, subway system. It, it, it's just a fabulous place. And it is not Americanized. It is uniquely Taiwanese. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, you will find communities of Americans and uh, uh, with uh, uh, Taipei American School for diplomatic students and anybody who holds a, a, a foreign passport can go to that school. Um, and of course, young people at the university, Taida uh, University, they love to interchange with Americans because they're practicing their mm-hmm. English. Mm-hmm. So it's um, it's not American by any by any sense, but they do imitate American values. But their pop singers are all Korean, and <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I think an example uh, to help you understand this question is during Chinese New Year, we were there, and in Chinese New Year, all of the Chinese businesses and restaurants basically are closed for at least a week. And what saw us through in Taipei were McDonald's and KFC, (laughs) but also many times you will see outside of McDonald's and KFC and other Western businesses the little altar tables and the incense being burned and the paper money being burned at certain times of the year. So it's a real conglomeration in Taiwan. Well, Sarah, thank you. That leads us into the next thing I want us to talk about, and that is the church in Taiwan. I understand that some of the largest Baptist churches are located on the eastern side of the island, where interestingly enough, nearly 30% of the population is made up of people who are already living on the island when Chiang Kai-shek's government fled mainland China. I know that churches in Taiwan have their own buildings to worship in, but but are there very many house churches in Taiwan as you see in other places, especially in mainland China? And, and, and what is it like to worship in a Taiwanese Christian church? Um. I, I would have to say I do not know about home churches, house churches. They don't really need them. 
but you will find uh, large churches in Taipei, and uh, you'll also find churches that are not much bigger than this room right here. Uh, so you, you have the whole gamut um, uh, of churches. Uh, only 3% of the population is is Christian. Wow. And that includes uh, Catholics and uh, Protestant Protestants denominations. Combined. Yeah. So it, it, it's because it's quite traditional. And um, like we have churches on every street corner. Well, they have temples on every street corner. And they also have their uh, altars within their homes for their uh, bye-bye services and things like that. But there is a sweet spirit in the churches that we have worshiped in. Sometimes we've been in churches that are in the hundreds, sometimes in tens of people attending. They have um, music of a variety. Some have praise teams. Some have full choirs or um, singing groups and so forth, but we're finding they're focusing on the Bible and Jesus. They do a lot for different languages, bilingual services, as well as services in Filipino or Tagalog or whatever, and uh, Korean and Taiwanese and Mandarin. And it runs from children's ministries all the way up through elder worship times. So it is, um, it's vibrant. The worship we have found is vibrant. It sounds like uh, Taiwanese congregations being able to worship with our brothers and sisters Christ there in Taiwan is a very special experience, yes, isn't it? Yes, it is. It, it sounds really like is. characterized by a lot of joy yes. when they gather together. Yes. Uh, but there is a lot of religious competition, isn't there, with the gospel among the people of Taiwan? Uh, Sarah, you and Bill have already alluded to that, that in addition to Buddhism and Taoism, there are numerous traditional folk religions embedded in their culture. There's there's family worship, ancestor worship, which you've already uh, mentioned. Uh, in this polytheistic culture, I imagine that a common problem would be uh, for people to be tempted to say they are Christian when in actuality they've just added the one true God to their collection of other gods. How do you go about explaining the uniqueness of the gospel message and God's invitation to everlasting life through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ to someone uh, in Taiwan? Well, to uh, explain that a little bit, we have been involved in teaching the real meaning of Christmas, and there's also the real meaning of Easter in public schools as well as in churches and different fellowships. And we had to help them understand sin because there is not a Mandarin word for sin translated. So we went through the um, relationship with God is broken because of our disobedience. And Jesus Christ is the one who bridges the gap between humanity and God. And that is the bottom line. Shangti, the God, creator God, our heavenly father, wants us to worship and love him. He loves us, gave us Jesus. So sin has to be understood before they realize a need for a savior. So I think that's a, a good bottom line to, to start. And the fact that their fear that they have can be dispelled because over and over in the Bible, God says, fear not when angels come and speak to people throughout Scripture. Fear not, fear not. And 
that is a big thing for believers there. I imagine it's, it's challenging, too, because if their entire family are active and practicing uh, another religion, or, or especially ancestor worship, worshiping your own family uh, ancestors, it would be a very difficult thing for a Taiwanese um, person to confess faith in Jesus Christ alone and become a Christ follower, which I think is is uh, shown in only 3%, you said, Bill, of yeah. a population yes. claiming to be Christian. That's correct. Um, I could probably sum it up in uh, a very dear friend of ours who um, went to the temple regularly. And of course, when you go to the temple, you take your jaw sticks and uh, wave them and then put them in the pot that's in the front. It's tripod pot. And that's the altar to Shangdi. And then you go inside the temple and you see all the other idols and things like that. Well, when you're standing out front, you say something like, uh, I am, and you give your name, and I'm here to petition you for something. Their services, they don't have services. They have all the, uh, uh, what we'd call Urim and Thummins, you know, to cast those for fortune telling and so on. But our friend said to uh, us one time, she said, what kind of God is it that you have to tell your name to in order to know who you are. Mm, and yes. and I think that sums it up, that they do not know. Uh, and I think it's like Paul said to the uh, people on Mars Hill, you have all these other gods here, but you have the one unknown God. And I think that's the God Grace was looking for, uh, the unknown God. What a wonderful word, wonderful word. Well, thank you for joining us today, guys. This has been a most interesting conversation and an important reminder about how we as Christians should not only follow Christ wholeheartedly, but be praying for the people of Taiwan to know God and that the gospel would be shared both near and far. Well, friends, this is the end of another episode of Star City, and our guests, Bill and Sarah Kohler, it's been so great to have you with us, guys. We'll have to do this again. We've barely scratched the surface of your second home there in Taiwan, and, and I mean that. Let's do it again soon. Well, I'm Brian Smith, and if you enjoyed today's program, then please invite someone else to join us next week for another encouraging story about life, family, work, and faith. Remember to keep living today and every day by God's grace and always for His glory.